Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading is from Philippians chapter 4 and verses 10 to 20. Paul's thanks for their gifts. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought the good news and then travelled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, for ever and ever. Amen. Everyone wants to be happy, right? I mean, you ask any parent what they want for their child, and they will say, I don't really care about anything else as long as my child is happy. But what is the secret to happiness. I mean, if we were to believe the, the adverts and the commercials, then, then we would believe that happiness is found through having the latest gadgets, having more and more stuff, going on lovely exotic holidays. If we were to believe the media, uh, we would, would believe that the way to happiness is by being young and beautiful. And thankfully, the adverts tell us they have just the product to achieve that for you. And if you to believe social media, you would believe that the way to happiness is through having loads of followers, having lots and lots of people liking you and following you and wanting to be your friend and, and being popular. And so we often believe that the way to happiness is through Money, power, and fame. But yet, when we look at people's lives who have achieved money, power, and fame, like the iconic Marilyn Monroe, we discover that their lives aren't full of happiness. Marilyn Monroe, at the age of 36, died alone in her house from a drug overdose, which was described as a probable suicide. 
The reality is that many people today are not happy. Many of us are struggling, struggling with anxiety and depression. So what is the secret to happiness? Well, today we're continuing our series through the book of Philippians, which is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. It's often known as Paul's joy letter because it's all about joy and how we can experience the joy of the Lord. And, and within this section of the letter, Paul tells us the secret of true happiness. Now, it's important to realize that Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter. He's in prison in Rome because of his faith in Jesus, and he's waiting to hear the verdict as to whether he's going to be set free or executed. And the reason why he's writing this letter is because he's just received a very generous gift from the church in Philippi. You see, in those days, in a Roman prison... You didn't get three meals a day. There was no Sky TV. Uh, in fact, you were totally dependent on family members and friends to supply all your needs. And now Paul has just received this gift from the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi has been extremely faithful in supporting Paul in his ministry financially. Ever since he planted the church, they have been extremely faithful in supporting Paul in his ministry. And now he's just received another gift from them. And it seems to be a very generous gift. And so he writes to them to thank them for this gift and to teach them and to teach us how to experience true happiness. So firstly, the secret of true happiness is being in a caring community. Paul says in verse 10, I rejoice greatly. I, that means I'm really, really happy in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Because Paul has been in prison, uh, the church in Philippi haven't seen Paul. They haven't been able to send any gifts to Paul for quite some time. You see, in those days, you couldn't just go online and set up a regular giving straight into Paul's bank. Someone had to walk 800 miles to Rome to give Paul the gift. And so it's been quite some time since Paul's heard or seen anything from the church, and he's probably possibly doubting or wondering whether they still are concerned about him, whether they still care for him. And, and so now that he's received this gift from Epaphroditus, it demonstrates to him that they have always been genuinely concerned for him. And so he rejoices greatly. He rejoices not because of the money, but because the money demonstrates that they have always cared for him, that they have a genuine concern for him. You see, true happiness is found in a community of friends who take a genuine interest in and a genuine con uh, care of each other. And that's a core value here at ABC. And that's why we encourage people to be in a life group, because that's where you can develop authentic relationships, and that's where you can do real life and real faith together. And you can pray for one another, and you can show a genuine interest in and a genuine concern for each other. Another great way to develop authentic relationships 
It's through sharing a meal together. So we encourage you to invite each other for a meal. Maybe if there's someone you don't know very well, invite them over for a meal. It's a great way to develop authentic relationships. For true happiness is found in a community that shows a genuine concern for each other. Secondly, being content. Paul says in verse 11, And 12, he says, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. What Paul is saying is I don't really need the money because I've learned to be content in any and every situation. And what he's implicitly asking them and asking us, have you learned to be content? You see, we live in a world that is constantly telling us the way to happiness is having what you want. All the adverts, all the commercials say, buy this latest gadget and you will be happy. And so I constantly find myself thinking, wow, I could really do with a new iPad. Uh, I I, I really would like a new surfboard. I, I could really do, if only I had one more Bible commentary, then I would be happy. But it's a lie. It's a lie. There's a story of a young boy who who really desperately, desperately wanted an electric, a scale electric train set. And so he pestered and he pestered his parents until eventually on his birthday he opened his presents and there was a scale electric train set. And, and, and his father helped him to set it up. He was so excited. He set up his new electric scale train set. He started playing with his electric, scale electric train set for hours and hours, happy and content, until something awful happened. Oh, it, it didn't break, because if it had broken, you could fix it. Something worse happened. He got bored. I mean, you can only watch those trains going around so many times before you get bored and suddenly you want something else. You see, if you think that happiness is having what you want, you'll never be happy because there will always be something else you want. You'll never be happy. It's a lie. Happiness is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. I'll say that again. Happiness is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. Some of us are pursuing a lifestyle beyond our means. We're overextended. We're in debt. We're stressed out. We're the borrower who's a slave to the lender. Why? Why have we got ourselves in this mess? Because we're not content. We've bought the lie that it's through having stuff that you will be happy. And we start believing, well, I need to have this and that in order to be happy. If, if only I could earn a little bit more money. If, if only I could have more stuff. 
If only I could live in that nice house, in that nice neighborhood. If only I could go on one more nice, lovely holiday. If, if, if only I was married. If, if only I had children. If only my circumstances would change, then I would be happy. But it's a lie. It's an illusion. How many of you have got what you've been after, like your promotion, only to discover nothing really changed? You're still as unhappy as before. You see, if you're not happy without, you won't be happy with. The secret to true happiness is contentment. Wanting what you have. You see, God will give you someone, but if you're not content, you won't enjoy them. God will give you something, but if you're not content, you won't enjoy it. It's only when we're content, it's only when we want what we have that we'll be able to start enjoying the people and the things that God has given us. And Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. What is the secret of being content? How can we be content in any and every situation? Well, Paul continues in verse 13. He says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. This verse is so often taken out of context and used as some kind of triumphalistic promise that you can do anything. Like some motivational speaker who says, you can do whatever you want if you just put your mind to it. And so this verse is often given to people just before an exam or, or just before a competition or just before a job interview. You can do it. I can remember as a young Christian using this verse just before a surfing competition as if it was a promise from God that I could win. Is that what Paul's saying? Is that what it's about? Me winning surfing competitions? Well, of course not. What Paul means when he says, I can do all things, he's referring to being content. Content in any and every circumstance. I can do all that. That's why the updated NIV translation uh, has it. Translated as, I can do all this to make it abundantly clear that it's referring to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. I can do all this. How can Paul do all of that? How can we be content in any and every situation? Well, he continues. Through Jesus who gives me strength. It's only through Jesus. It's only through our relationship with Jesus that God will strengthen us and enable us to be content in any and every situation. And so if you're facing an exam or a competition or a job interview and someone gives you this verse, then know that this is what God is saying. He's saying, whether you pass or fail, whether you win or lose, whether you get the job or not, you can be happy. Because our happiness is not found in getting what you want. Our happiness is found 
in being content with what you have. And I promise to strengthen you and enable you to be content in any and every situation, no matter what the circumstances or the outcome. Thirdly, being grateful. Paul says in verse 18, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I receive from Epaphroditus the gift you sent me. Paul is thankful. He's extremely grateful for this gift. But he's still in prison. He's still suffering. He still might be executed. But he's grateful for what he has received. To some degree, it's a choice we need to make. Are you going to focus on what you don't have and be bitter and resentful? Or are you going to focus on what you do have and be grateful? To some degree, it's a choice we need to make. Am I going to focus on my neighbor's nice car and be bitter? Or am I going to focus on the fact that most people don't have a car and be grateful? Fourthly, be generous. Being generous. Now, I'm, I'm more of a saver. Victoria is more of a spender. And, and as a saver, for me, it's easy to get to the point of saying, okay, I'm going to be content. I'm not going to buy that latest gadget, but then what do I do? I simply put the money in the bank. What challenges me as a saver in this passage is the Philippians' generosity. They have been faithful in giving to Paul and supporting his ministry and in his times of financial need. Faithful for years. They're just generous. How generous are you in supporting the church and those in financial need? Uh, the, according to the Guardian newspaper, the, the research done by Michael Norton, uh, a professor at Harvard Business School, which was published in, in, the, science, uh, in the journal Science, proves that spending money on others or giving to charity puts a bigger smile on your face than buying things for yourself. When we are not generous, we're actually robbing ourselves of happiness. Paul kind of makes the same point in verse 17, but he uses an accounting metaphor. He says, not that I des desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be a credit to your account. What he's saying to them is that their generosity is earning a very healthy interest profit in the eyes of God. God is pleased with their generosity. He makes the same point in verse 18, but using a, a metaphor from the Old Testament sacrifice. He says, <clears throat> he says, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And just as a worshiper would bring a sacrifice to the temple, 
as a way of expressing their devotion to God, and God would be pleased with that. When we give generously to help those, to help ministries, as a way of expressing our devotion to God, God is pleased. We experience the blessing of knowing we're helping others and that God is pleased with us. And that's why Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so the secret of true happiness is one, being in a caring community. Two, being content. Three, being grateful. Four, being generous. And if we do that, then we will know that the promise of God, we will experience that promise of God that Paul knows to be true in verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. And I says, he will meet all your needs. It doesn't say he'll meet all your greeds. Yeah, there's a difference. It says you'll meet your needs, not your greeds. Sometimes we become very frustrated and angry and resentful of God because God supplied our needs, but we've been pursuing our greeds. God doesn't give us our greeds. He supplies our needs. But also take note, it doesn't say that God will supply some of your needs or even most of your needs. It says God will supply all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Ultimately, our happiness, our joy is found in Jesus. Paul says in verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Now just imagine this for a moment. You receive a letter from a friend who's in prison. They've kind of lost everything. Their career's over. Their reputation's ruined. Their ministry's ended. They might possibly be executed. And, and you're desperate to find out how they're doing. And so they write this letter to you and they say, I'm doing really great. I'm rejoicing greatly. You're going to be thinking... They know something I don't, right? Because from the world's perspective, Paul should be the most miserable person on earth. He's, he's got no freedom, no money, no career. His reputation's ruined. He's, he's got no wife. He's got no kids. He's got no family. He, he's got nothing. And his life literally might be over. He might be executed. And yet he's rejoicing. He's rejoicing. Because his joy is not found in circumstances. He doesn't say, I rejoice greatly in my circumstances. No, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. This is the secret of Christian happiness. It's found in Jesus. This isn't a denial of reality. This is a recognition that the presence of God is a greater reality and that Jesus is the ultimate source of real joy. And, and, and the Greek word translated greatly is, is mega. It's, it, the root word is mega. I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word mega, but I think monster truck. 
monster truck. Paul is experiencing monster truck joy. Who would like to experience monster truck happiness? Okay, there's two of us, three of us. You're a sad bunch. Monster truck happiness. Jeez. We can experience monster truck happiness through our relationship with Jesus. Because in and through our relationship with Jesus, we have access to an unending, inexhaustible source of joy. That's not dependent on circumstances. And when we find our joy in the Lord, then we can... We can start to want the things we have. We can become content. And when we find the joy, our joy in the Lord, then, then we're suddenly able to enjoy all the people and all the things God gave us. That's the joy of the Lord. And so let's make 2024 the year of joy. Let's choose to rejoice greatly in the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess how quick we are to buy the lie of our world, that our happiness is dependent upon having what we want, greed, Father, we, we so often fall into that trap. Father, help us to realize that the ultimate source of joy is found in Jesus. And help us to rejoice in you and find our joy in you so that we can be content. So that we can be grateful. So that we can be generous. And that we can start taking a genuine interest and concern in the people in the community around us. But Father, we can't do that by ourselves. And so Father, we pray that through Jesus, we might experience joy. Joy that simply comes from you. An eternal joy that nothing can touch. And even though circumstances may change and we may go through good times, we may have plenty, we may have little, we may be hungry, we may be well fed. doesn't matter what happens, we have a constant, a constant joy that is found in you. And we thank you for that joy. We thank you it's not dependent on us, it's simply dependent on how good you are and how much you love us. And it's secure and it's eternal. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.